Welcome to another episode of the Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Alan. I'm very pleased to have Maya with me today on our episode. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. I think today we'll be diving into the poet, Carlos Williams. Yeah, our case study is Carlos Williams and the Icebox. Today, we'll be investigating what, if any, difference should it make if someone discovered that Williams had not written this as a poem, that he had never intended it for publication, and that, in fact, it was just a note he had left on the door of a friend's refrigerator after eating all the plums. I think that's an interesting question, actually. Usually when people talk about poets, we're supposed to break down and analyze everything that went into the creation of their work. It'll be interesting to discover his intent if his writing was in a poem or meant for the public. I completely agree. However, before we dive into, into that, we should give the audience some background information about the great Carlos Williams. That's a good idea. From my own knowledge, I know Williams was born the first of two sons of an English father and a Puerto Rican mother of French, Dutch, Spanish, and Jewish descent. And he grew up in Rutherford, New Jersey. Wow. Over his lifetime, I think he had many interests and professions from medical doctor, poet, novelist, essayist, all the way to a playwright. He was a prominent figure in the imagist and modernist poetry, and critics regard him as a quintessentially American poet. During his active years in the art world, he exemplified the rebellious nature of the modernist movement in the early 1900s with his use of simple language and his focus on description of images as the main part of his poetry. I think also in my own research, I discovered Williams was training as a physician and it was a, it led him to like impact his work as a poet and a writer in significant ways. I thought that was very interesting since most people don't really link medical professions to art often. Yeah, that is fascinating. I know it especially impacted his art in regards to the style he had developed over the years. I posit that the style as a poet can be directly related to his task as a physician. That of taking the pulse of things, that of uncovering and exposing human weakness, of highlighting behavior, circumstance, and causality. Yeah, during his lifetime, with his many professions and movements occurring in the art world when he was around, it really allowed him to explore and experiment with his own art. Yeah, I think throughout this time, there are other poets and writers that were significantly impacted by Carlos's works. During his time, some of the likes of Amy Lowell, T.S. Eliot, F.S. Flint, Hilda Doolittle, and Allen Ginsberg were some of the poets. But the one I really want to talk about was Allen Allen Ginsberg, as he looked up to Carlos Williams' works. Carlos Williams was one of his mentors and taught him much of what he knew. Really? Well, I really did not know that. And I didn't know that he impacted the work of such a great poet. Right? I also found that as a surprise. However, moving on, I learned that the Dada movement also occurred during his lifetime. What is the Dada movement? Well, the Dada movement was created to challenge the social 
norms of society and purposely make art that would shock and outrage people. Oh, yeah, that movement. I know it was influenced by other whimsical and free art movements like Cubism, Futurism, Constructivism, and Expressionism. I know its goal was to reject reasons of logic, prizing, nonsense, irrat irrationality, and intuition. Yeah. Art of all forms was influenced by the Dada movement. Conceptual artists like Arp, Marcel Duchamp, and Francis Picabia participated in this movement due to its goal to destroy traditional values of art and create new art to replace old, outdated pieces. I feel like as a poet, Williams definitely appreciated the free thinking this movement was able to provide for him and other artists. Yeah, I agree. I think the modernist movement kind of ties into this. After World War I, there was a shift in the art world. In the early 20th century, modernist movements of art and poetry emerged due to new historical and cultural influence. Modernism was shaped by the development of modern industrialism and the rapid growth of cities. This was followed then by the reactions to the horrors of World War I. Yeah, I think due to this change in society, modernists broke up the traditional plot structure of narratives, experimented with language, fragmented ideas, played with shifting perspectives, and often drew self-conscious attention to nature itself. It mostly represented individualism, experimentation, absurdity, symbolism, and formalism. As much as I would love talking about the background of this great poet, I think we should now dive into one of Williams Carlos' most famous and known um, poems. This is just to say. Yeah, let's get straight into the poem. I'm going to read the poem itself. I know it was recognized as an authorized poem itself. This is just to say, I have eaten the plums that were in the icebox and what you were probably saying for saving for breakfast, forgive me, they were delicious, so sweet and so cold. Thank you for reading the poem. And this is just a simple poem, a very simple poem actually, about the ordinary act of eating plums sneakily taken from an icebox or refrigerator. The basic summary of the poem is that the speaker admits to having eaten the plums out of the refrigerator. Then he admits that he knows who these plums belong to. And finally, he asks for forgiveness. Maya, what did you think of the poem? Well, me personally, I thought that the poem was very short. And due to the lines and the poem being so short, each line needs to be read with the utmost detail. And I think this allows you and me to be able to carefully, to very carefully read. Also, the fact that the poem did not have any punctuation throughout it was kind of weird to me. Wow, what a weird off observation. I think the writer wanted to make this poem, sorry, very casual, flowing, and very interpretable. I think this is what Williams was known for, just talking freely, let it be interpreted, be American, and very casual. He also wanted his poem to be filled with images. This poem may be short, but it's short just pack a, pun pack a punch. 
although a poem is short, it holds so much more. I agree. This poem makes a very deep connection with imagination. With only some words, we are able to come up with such a deep understanding of the poem just with our imagination. That's so true. It's almost like it forces us to use that part of our brain and imagine very different scenarios. I mean, he uses he only uses words like so cold, so sweet. And we can imagine that so much is happening. I agree. But another thing I noticed in this poem not only forces us to use our imagination, but it also forces us to use our senses. Words like cold, sweet, and delicious almost leave me wanting a plum myself. These subtleties in the poem really immerse the reader into what Carlos Williams is saying. Yeah, I also agree that is a great point. Another thing that caught my eye was the was the letter. My first thought were, is he confess, confessing to someone? Do you think he may be confessing to someone? Like, how could he be confessing to a friend, a lover, his wife, or even another partner? I think these plums may be more than just plums, and they might be a symbol of his love. Wow, that's a great point. This is what I loved about the, the poem. I could have analyzed it one way, and then you could have gone down a completely different road. The speaker plays with our minds, and I think he knows it. What about the themes? Did you notice any major themes throughout the poem? Yeah, another great question and a great point that you just made. One theme I thought was big throughout the whole poem was how important it is to enjoy the pleasures of everyday life. Just like Carlos Williams is enjoying a plum, we should also enjoy the little things we get to do. Great insight. One theme I thought was pretty big throughout the whole poem was that feeling of guilt. He's stating how irresistible and succulent these plums looked. Therefore, we can infer that he's feeling guilt for stealing the plum. I have to say that I agree with you on that. I also noticed the theme of guilt. I think this is why so many famous people regard this as a note to the speaker's lover. Yeah. Now I want to quote some lines from the poem. And specifically, I want to quote lines 10 to 12, where the speaker says, Forgive me, they were so delicious, so sweet, and so cold. These lines show us how this quote-unquote crime was so major. It's because these seem like some of the pl best plums, and the person who's waiting to eat these plums will be very mad that he didn't get to eat these plums. I think that's a great point again. Since you quoted a line, I'm also going to take the chance to quote lines three to four, which state, I have eaten the plums, they were in the ice box. I think these lines help us make a complete image of the plums. Since they were sitting in the refrigerator, they're probably extra inviting and super crisp to eat. Yeah, if you hadn't pointed that out, I would have not caught that. I have one last question for you. What time of day do you think this poem happened? I think that's a great question. This is just to say, this is just to say it was published around the 1930s, and back then refrigerators were actually called ice boxes. I just want to clarify that. I think that this happened during the late night, or maybe even early morning, and the speaker was just very hungry. 
I think this is because he leaves a note for a person, which means the person is asleep or the speaker has somewhere to be. He also may just be having these plums as a late night snack too. Yeah, um, I have to say I agree with you. Now I have to ask you something. What do you think would happen if this poem was not actually meant to be a poem? Rather, it was just meant to be a note left on a friend's door that he ate a plum. Well, personally, I think this would be a great implication because all of the interpretations and nuances of the poem would just be taken away, to be honest. There would be no reasoning for the letter to be for a lover or partner, and there would be no guilt in him taking the plum. And there would be no greater meaning in this poem, too. Yeah, it wouldn't make no sense. I think if if what I asked was, was true, this whole poem would have maybe for no reason. Maybe he wanted to trick us, and he wanted the world of literature to overanalyze what is actually a simple, short, and concise poem. But I hope this is not true, because then all the different ways that we have just analyzed a poem would turn out to be false. It would take all the fun out of it. The reason I love this poem is that you can play with it in so many different ways. Yeah, I can definitely agree. I feel like artists often leave a lot of room for interpretation. And I think it would be interesting to hear other people's point of view of this poem. Maybe learning about someone else's interpretation would be able to give us more insight about William's purpose and message of the poem. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And diving into another person's mind is definitely something we should do. So let's dive right in. After doing some research, I was able to find a site where a young girl from Oregon, Tyler Coburn, broke down the poem herself. Yeah, let's say, let's hear a younger person's interpretation of the poem. I agree. I think we'll be able to discover new details we ourselves didn't think about. Similar to us, she starts off by describing the structure of the poem, and she goes into specific detail about the punctuation, sentence structure, rhyme scheme, and amount of words. Yeah, I think the shortness of the poem, just like us, it also surprised her too. I mean, it's a thing that you can't you can't miss in the poem. I. How can a, a poem with so many little words have such a great and deeper meaning? Yeah, I've never really seen or read a poem that only had 28 words. I think it's kind of interesting that she decided to begin off her analysis the same way we decided to. I think in most cases, people usually first notice how a poem is written or organized and then start to go into like the actual details and information provided throughout the poem. Honestly, I, I, I honestly always look for the same things too. I noticed she then decides to look into the mood of the poem. Instead of him being guilty, she saw it as an innocent apology letter to the speaker for eating the plums. Yeah, I think both of our interpretations make sense when you piece them together like this. Due to William's guilt, I think he wrote the poem to apologize for his actions. Yeah, I think by that by simplifying his reasons for his temptations, it, it made his apology more honest and not so full of excuses. 
Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And like we said previously, by Williams creating a short poem, it allowed him to create an apologetic and sincere mood without giving too much detail or making up excuses for his actions too. Yeah, I agree. I think me as the reader, I was able to feel very connected to his message because of this. And after reading Twyla Coburn's full analysis, I think she did too. Yeah, I think she definitely did. Well, I had a great time learning and talking about Carlos Williams and the Icebox. I hope to learn more. Yeah, me too. I mean, this guy is such a great poet, and I wish I was able to write like him. So um, now I want to thank you um, so much and for joining us um, today, Maya. I really appreciate it. This concludes the Exploring Art podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you got your podcast. Thank you for listening to us. To us. No, thank you for listening. Please join us soon. And remember to stay curious. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you.